right, friends. So this episode of uh, the podcast is brought to you by our friends at InPrint, um, fantastic place that I've been doing business with for over 10, 15 years now. Um, just fantastic customer service. They help you along the way. Um, not just say, oh, this isn't good, so you got to redo it. It's just they literally help you through the process if it is needed. Um, they may print your T-shirts. They can print on all kinds of stuff, hoodies, whatever it is. They do embroidery so they can make patches or em big embroidery uh, um, patches that would go like cover the whole back of a jacket, stuff like that. If you're into punk rock, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, fantastic place. They're in Montreal. Check it out at inprint.com. Absolutely fantastic. Tell them that uh, you heard about them through K-Man Don't Know Shit and uh, see what's what. So if you're in the Montreal area, area um they can even ship like i go on tour sometimes and i'll run out of you know t-shirts halfway through the uh, tour and they'll ship some you know maybe it'll be to vancouver and i'll pick uh, another batch up there and keep the tour going just absolutely the best love them dearly they have different types of ink you can choose from um, whether it's vegan ink ink which is like a new modern way it's a soft colored ink that uh, it, it just it feels fantastic and it's better for the environment or you can go with traditional style inks they just have so many services and by far my favorite people to uh, do business with so uh, check it out at inprint.com and tell them k-man sent you all right let's get it on our guest today is miss katie o deep sea diving it is oh k-man no no shit rolling how you doing Katie O is back in Montreal. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's funny how this is actually pretty much the topic is that you're back in Montreal <laughs> on so many levels because I've known you now. I, I seem to have started almost every podcast with, I've known you now for yeah. X amount of years, <laughs> you know, mostly through shows mm -hmm. and whether it's organizational or hanging out you know, with, with all our friends and all this kind of thing. And uh, we got to hang out at Scott Festival this weekend coming. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was Any so highlights great. for you? Um, well, for me, the biggest highlight was just the fact that when I found out that I could come back to visit, um, I was sort of given freedom with my dates. And uh, I decided that it would be a good idea to just come back for Scott Fest since I missed it last year for the first time ever. Yeah. And um, sort of making the decision to not tell anybody and be a little sneaky about it. You were sneaky. I was very sneaky. <laughs> and it was so hard, trust me. I wanted to sure. scream it on top of the mountains. But <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't tell anybody I was coming. And I just showed up at the door and was like... Hey, <laughs> and it was amazing seeing everybody. Honestly, it was like mm -hmm. one of the most heartwarming things that I've yeah. like. It was one of the best nights ever. I love it. It's so yeah. family and communal and all that kind of thing. Um, when I say come back, of course, I mean coming back from Thailand. Yep. And we will get to Thailand because, I mean, like a lot of people in North America, I'm like, yeah, I know about Thailand. I've heard about Thailand. Do I really know anything about <laughs> Thailand? No, I don't. Even if you showed me a map with no names of anything on it, would I even find it? 50-50 here. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Hey, I've never been one for geography, to be very honest with you. But yeah, uh, yeah fuck's the going there for, I mean, it's, I moved there on the fourth time that I visited. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you were there before. Yeah, I'd been there several times before. Yeah. I love the country, honestly. It was got to the point where every time I had time to take a holiday or go on vacation or do a travel or a backpack, I just ended up going back to Thailand every time. Mm -hmm. And people were like, but you've been there. Why would you go back? 
it's it's you can't describe it there's just something so special about that country the food the people the country itself there's mountains there's ocean there's forest there's city it's it's really special it's amazing i've seen a lot of your pictures yeah. and they're absolutely mind-blowing <laughs> thanks um when was the first time you went there there's in 2009. In 2009, okay. Yeah, so we're so talking was, 10 years ago. Yeah, I was quite young. It was my first uh, big travel. I picked up a backpack and went off to Southeast Asia. And uh, my plan was to travel for, uh, originally it was eight months. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, as all plans go, sometimes they end <laughs> up uh, not quite coming to fruition. Um, I ended up uh, discovering a little island called Koh Tao. Uh, and I mean, it was on my radar, but uh, when you travel, you meet people, you ask questions, they ask you questions, and you know, the standards, where are you going, where you been, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I met these Irish guys in the Halong Bay in Vietnam, and they were like, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, I want to go, I want to learn how to dive in Koh Tao. And they were like, we have a family friend there that just opened a dive center, you should go check it out. So I actually met those people back in Koh Tao, and uh, I was supposed to be there for about a week, and I ended up staying a month and a half, and <laughs> spending yep. <laughs> all of the money I had left for the rest of my eight months in my fourth month. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually ended up just falling so deeply in love with Koh Tao that even though I came back and it took me eight years to go back on holiday and go back to Thailand again this, for the oh, second time, um, <laughs> so many visitors right. all these animals. Um, yeah even though it took me a long time it just kind of felt like home mm -hmm. and uh, some of the people I met back then were still there and the dive center was still in full force and in fact had grown and expanded and yeah it just continued to steal my heart away so you show up at this dive center mm -hmm. you don't know anybody at all mm -hmm. do they did they speak English Oh, yeah. Well, it was a Western-run dive center. Okay. So uh, when you own a business in Thailand, you need to have a 51% Thai owner. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of these businesses, like dive centers, um, some hotels, um, some little bars are Western-run. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, when I first walked in, the I mean, the dive center was tiny back then. But I wandered into the, the actual reception of the dive center, and there's this tattooed Irish guy with no shirt falling asleep on a chair behind with his feet on the desk. And I was like, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I told him how I had come across Koh Tao and how I had come across Sairi Cottage. And uh, he was kind of like, well, it's a small place and we don't actually have any room right now. Because mm. back then when you did a diving course, you got your accommodated or your accommodation included. When and you say like, diving course, was that like like you'd never dive? I'd never dove before. You never yeah. dove before. It was open water. It's a, it's the entry level course. Okay. Um, but he was like, okay, you know what? And I was well, actually, I, I kind of went like, oh, and I kind of Charlie Brown like na, 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 <laughs> walked out of the place, and he kind of came after me and was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna sort you out. Um, I've got a bungalow across the road. Just stay in my bungalow. I'll sleep in the hammock in the dive center tonight, and tomorrow we'll sort you out with accommodation. Wow. And it was the first sort of instance of incredible, the welcoming nature of this place and the mm -hmm. family sort of way that it goes. Um, and it hasn't disappointed me. Like, it just keeps on getting better, in fact. Now, Thailand, as itself, is probably not that large of a place. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, educate me. Oh, yeah, you'd be surprised. It's actually quite big. I'm, I mean, I'm like I said, not geography buff. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't tell you how many square kilometers it is. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that if you go up to the north of Thailand and you want to go to Chiang Mai, which is a big city in the north of Thailand, but then you want to get back to the capital. Oh, bless you. Um, it takes roughly 12 hours to okay. get from the north to the capital, which is around the center of the country and then if you want to go further south like if you want to go to Malaysia for example it would take you probably a, another I mean at least 12 maybe even more to be honest with you okay. to get from Bangkok to the Malaysian border mm -hmm. so it's actually quite a long country 
I'm such a kid, I still can't hear or say Bangkok without smiling. <laughs> Trust me, it's become a little bit desensitized, but yeah, it right. still has a little voice in the back of my head <laughs> exactly. going. So, so you show up here, there's this Irish dude with his feet up on the on the table and uh, just saying, you can stay in my place, just like that. Yeah. First of all, it takes a lot of balls. Were you traveling alone? Uh, well, at that point I was, but I mean, mm -hmm. when you do this kind of backpacking trip in yeah. this area, especially because it's so tra traveled, there's a lot of people kind of tend to do the same routes. Okay. And if they don't do the same routes, they do like aspects of the same routes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you meet somebody in one city and then you realize that two weeks later, you guys are going to be in the same city, even though you're going a different way. Right, right. So you kind of like come together and apart from people that you meet as you go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I had left with a friend and it didn't work out between the two of us. We, we sort of had a big disagreement. And it was Classic like, travel things, right? You either become yeah. way closer or way apart. Because yeah. There's no middle ground for traveling, I think, you know, because yeah. probably the intensity of the experience at the same time. And you're flying off the seat of your parents a lot of the time, you know? Oh, and also, like, just spending so much time with another human is mm -hmm. like, I mean... I get along with people pretty well, but when you're in close quarters and you're taking buses and you're not sleeping well, and I mean, you're on a couple of drinks and yeah. all that too, I mean, uh, tensions can run high eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. So you show up here, you spend the night in his bungalow, and then uh, did you go diving the next day right away? Or how, 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 what got you in the water here is what I'm trying to get at. Well, I mean, I've always been a water baby. Okay. Uh, my mother was a very athletic woman, and she taught me to swim when I was very young, and I was a lifeguard when I was a teenager, and I've always, you know, I've I've wanted to swim in the sea, and, mm -hmm. you know, my mom had little water wings on me in, in the Caribbean at some point when we were on holiday, and I kept on pulling them up with my teeth, so they were full of holes, yeah. but I wouldn't let her take them off, <laughs> you know, but I was always really good in the water, and I loved the water, and I was curious about, you know, I, aquariums are amazing, mm -hmm. these fish, I wanted to be inside of it. I wanted sense. to see what this was all about. And hey, we can't really be superheroes as humans, but uh, breathing underwater is a pretty cool superpower to have. So, Aqua woman here. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Now, I can only tell that I've not done any diving, mm -hmm. first of all. But last year in Jamaica, I went snorkeling with the new modern, you know, the full face the full snorkel face, yeah. uh, masks. And uh, I'd smoked a big spliff on the beach. And <laughs> I went do. in by myself. As you do. <laughs> and I went in by myself. And I was snorkeling around for about, you know, 30 minutes. I'm, you know, I found an anchor under the water. Uh, you know, I saw some little pods of, well, actually quite large pods, but of all kinds of little fish and stuff. And then this one fish, was probably about a foot long, mm -hmm. came up to my mask. So that's where I almost shit myself, <laughs> and I realized that I'm not in my territory. And I hightailed it out of there, and I'm like, I had to collect myself before <laughs> going back in. Yep. As I got freaked out for a second. I was like, I, I had never been in that situation before. And, uh, you know, you always see video footage in movies and stuff, people swimming around and something going by, and it looks all peaceful. I realized within a split second that this is their territory. Mm -hmm. Now... I, I, there's a couple things I did want to get into is I, I want to know a bit more about what diving is and what it takes to be there. But I also scanned your Instagram uh, <laughs> pictures today before you showed up and I saw some crazy pictures, which I will steal from you and post on the podcast. Oh, by all means, please do. Now I saw you underwater <coughs> with this gigantic, gigantic sea turtle. Yeah. It looked bigger than you were. Well, not quite bigger than I was, but I would say that that bad boy is about... He must be at least a meter from head to tail. Now, I, you know how I said I was scared of that little fish that came up to my... What's the feeling that goes through your body when this large creature underwater that can move around like crazy 
could probably do damage if it wanted to. What was the feeling you had? See, I think it's different for a lot of people. I mean, obviously everyone has different comfort levels with different things. And I mean, I was lucky that I felt at home in the water right away. And I mean, the more I dive, the more at home I feel in the water. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm more stable in my fins than I am in my shoes sometimes. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, you just, you, it's, it's hard to describe, but you do become at one with the environment. And no, it's not yours. And no, you can't stay long, which is also the beauty of the underwater world is people have crawled all over every square meter of the globe and we've yeah. got so many beautiful things that we've ruined or just touched a little bit too much. Well, underwater, you can only spend so much time. We've got a very, very temporary ticket to go and visit. Right. So we're definitely visitors there. Yeah, we're <laughs> visitors, and that's beautiful. But when you start to understand the underwater world and you become more and more calm, mm -hmm. actually animals do tend to get closer to you. and oh, they, really? they, do, they kind of accept you as non-threatening. First of all, did, did you feel like you guys were communicating <laughs> at all? Like, I, I don't mean communicating by like signs, but I mean, if you were nervous, you'd probably be twitchy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That might push them away. Did oh, you yeah. sense like any connection at all? Or is he just like, whatever? Well, they tend to be pretty used to seeing people. So it's not mm -hmm. like they're like, you are the fewest human I've ever seen. <laughs> no, no, no. They've seen a lot of people. But I mean, when you look into a sea turtle's eyes mm -hmm. and they look right back at you, it's pretty magical. I guess, especially considering that, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't know that much about shit, um, <laughs> I understand that sea turtles live a long time. So if you're looking into those eyes, you're looking into a lot of years of experience, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Django's a bit of a lover boy. Oh, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's very sweet, but I don't, I don't want you to sit on me, okay, buddy? <laughs> That's right. It's, it's really cute, but yeah, <laughs> this is good. This is a good space. But yeah, it always impressed me whenever I'd hear about just how old sea turtles could be. I mean, <laughs> we're we're talking hundreds of years old. Oh yeah, for know. sure. And I mean. On our island, we actually have a, there's a, a group of people that keep track of the turtles that are oh, in really? the area. Okay. So there are some that you, you can find out exactly how old they are, exactly mm -hmm. where, I mean, some of them were, you know, born in sort of a captive area so that mm -hmm. they're able to get to a certain size and then they release them. Um, but other ones, you know, they know in the first time that this sea turtle was spotted on Kotao and how many years it's been on Kotao. Right. And it's it's pretty interesting. But yeah, they do live to be a very long time. Do they track. like tag them and stuff? Or? Actually, they've got specific markings that are okay. unique to each turtle. So you're able to identify it from the markings. So you got turtle yeah. prints. Turtle prints, exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, I know shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's amazing. And, and like I, I saw other um, uh, pictures as well. I think it was a bull shark or something. No, that's a whale shark. A whale shark. So whale sharks are um, mysterious creatures. We don't know a whole lot about them. Okay. Uh, but they are a giant filter feeder. So meaning? they don't, meaning the plankton. Oh, really? They don't even eat other fish really. So no danger at all. <clears throat> None. In fact, they're usually curious and really calm. And I mean, they're enormous creatures. Like yeah. that particular one was probably about five, five and a half meters. I'm going to post that picture because when <laughs> I saw that picture, I thought of like the cover of National Geographic. <laughs> it really, like it, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I happened to be in the right place at the right time for that particular moment with that whale shark. And it also happened to be in the presence of the photographer for the dive center right so right all the it, stars it was, aligned yeah, the stars definitely <laughs> aligned on that one and it was one of the most beautiful moments i've ever had underwater as well so it's nice to have yeah like, you know pixar it didn't happen well it happened i can tell you that. <laughs> that's it right <laughs> but i mean when when we say huge I and mean, we're, we're talking what four times the size of you or more like uh, that thing looked massive yeah like i said about five and a half maybe six meters okay um 
enormous, enormous, enormous yeah. animal. Yeah. I, it's it was just so majestic. I I I I literally just stared at it. <laughs> I, I was blown Sorry. away by it, and yeah. uh, like I said, that one little fish I, that came up to my little snorkel mask in Jamaica, I yeah. I, I felt you know, not at ease. Mm. But I I think a lot of that was because I don't have the knowledge Absolutely. as well. Like I don't know what could do damage, yep. what couldn't. Uh, you know, I didn't want to disturb it either. But it it was actually just coming up to me. But it, like the the bull shark, it, you say it, it came up to you. The whale shark, yeah. The whale shark. Um, sorry, I keep saying bull shark. I don't know why. I was I was actually not like, they tend to be quite calm and they'll like f- chill out in an area and they do these like figure eights. So they stick around sometimes if people are calm and not chasing after them. Mm-hmm. And this one had been hanging around, so I got to this point where I wasn't like 100% paying attention to what was going on, and I just looked up and I was like, oh well, it's swimming straight for me. Isn't that nice? Okay, it's getting it's getting closer. <laughs> oh, okay, now it's really close. Excuse me, I'm I'm really sorry. I've I, I picked up this wonderful cough. And oh, welcome sickness. to Canada, right? <laughs> <laughs> Airplanes are festering tubes of mm. disease as well. So yeah, real fun. Sorry about that. One yeah. second. <laughs> anyway, basically, your breath can affect your body position in the water quite a bit. Oh yeah. So I thought to myself, well. I'll just let it swim over me. So I exhaled mm-hmm. and let all the air out of my lungs, which made me sink a little bit. And it followed me. I was like, well, okay, maybe I'll try the opposite. What if I inhale and rise above it? It'll swim under me. No, no, no. Kept on chasing me. And I was sort of on my back and sort of making like frog kicks uh-huh. as strong as I could. Because you're not supposed to touch these creatures either. No, no. They are, in, are a protected species. <laughs> and not to mention they're enormous and very strong. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's just doing a little swish of its tail to swim could break all of your ribs if it came into contact with wow. you. So, <coughs> um, yeah, I was trying to stay away, f- like stay within a good distance from it, but he just kept on coming closer and closer and closer. <laughs> and I mean, I really could have taken my regulator, which is your breathing apparatus, okay. right out of my mouth. You knew I was going to ask, him, right? Yeah. <laughs> regulator, isn't that like part of the Young Guns movie? You know, the regulators! <laughs> Billy uh, the Kid, bitch. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I wish it was that cool. Um, but yeah, I could have taken it out of my mouth and given a kiss right on the face. Like, he was really that close. Like, I actually wow. gave him a couple of kicks trying to keep away from him. Yeah. And I eventually just had to, like, drop a shoulder and sideswipe and just let him swim beside me because it was, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was, it had been, I mean, I guess it it felt like ages, but it must have been a little under a minute that it was going on. Yeah, yeah. I would and be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, time slowed down. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. Um, oh, for sure. But yeah, I was like, okay, I probably should get away from this and let him do his thing now. Yeah. But it, it, it's weird that. What, do you think it was just curious to? <laughs> well, they tend to, to be quite curious. Um, our like I t- said, the sort of right time, right place. The photographer was in the water that day mm-hmm. as well, and he has a big camera rig with large strobes on it. Uh, okay. So it was following Patty around for a little while and like going right up to him to his strobes, and we kind of thought, oh well, it's bright, it's it's flashing, it's he's mm-hmm. curious about what this beautiful light thingabob is and then when he came towards me i mean i was just like what like <laughs> what did i do to deserve this yeah, yeah um but i also had bright lime green fins at the time so it's possible <laughs> that maybe he just caught the light off my fins and yeah. saw the color and was curious about it but do they have teeth it's like you know in finding nemo when they get swallowed by the whale yeah, yeah. and it looks like a toothbrush yeah it looks a bit like that yeah. oh, really yeah that that's to filter right like a water goes in type thing or or traps the yeah. the the fish inside yeah. their mouth right i yeah. think so they yeah. they open and close their mouth as they swim okay uh, which lets water come in through their mouth and i guess 
wanting out the gills and all that jazz. Yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, they filter the food from the water wow. as they're sort of letting it pass through their body. You're lucky they didn't accidentally filter <laughs> you through it. <laughs> well, they do get much, much bigger than that one, but oh, that really? one wouldn't have been big enough to, like, I mean, you know, I mean, my, my foot could have gone in its mouth, but it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it couldn't have swallowed me whole. <laughs> How deep was that? Like why? Because I I say I'm asking the details basically on this experience because I have the picture yeah. to show. But like, how deep under the water is this? So when we were hanging out with it for the good amount of time that it was just kind of floundering about, uh, it was around eh, give or take ten meters, okay, uh, which is relatively shallow. Um, and they usually when they're doing these sort of like passbys where they're curious about stuff, it's usually at shallow depths. Uh, and I think that, because I remember looking at my dive computer, which gives you the stats about how deep you are, how long you've been underwater and stuff like that, um, at, just after I did that big long exhale, uh-huh. and I had dipped down to 18 meters at that point. So wow. I had almost doubled my depth in the short time just trying to like let the guy do his thing and get out of his way. Mm-hmm. So I, or girl, actually, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not sure. If I'm they? Or girl. They. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I'm open to everything around here. Yep. I'm open to fucking lining this <laughs> joint up. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, it's Thank legal here DC. too. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I left just before, or just after the legalization came into effect, and mm. it was still like at the time where there wasn't enough, and the lineups were crazy. So I yeah. had never given it a shot, and actually, I think this might be my first. Uh, well, SQ. Welcome to legal weed. C. What is it? SQDC. Thank you. Sorry, cannot. No, just letters. Yeah, that's right. But which is a fun experience as well. I mean, you know, you get the haters that are like, "Oh, it's more expensive." The prices are not that bad, actually. And I, I like the selection in, in, in just being able to choose exactly, precisely what you want. Yeah. Well, hey, when I was like 19, I was like, yeah, I want the cheapest weed I can find. Right. But, I mean, as I gotten a little bit older, and that goes for more than just marijuana cigarettes, yeah. um, but I, I, I tend to lean towards paying a little bit of extra and getting a little better quality. <laughs> Welcome to adulthood. Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I feel like that's the only adult thing that I'm capable of doing, so. Right. <laughs> I might take one more. If I have a coughing fit, I apologize. (laughs) No problem at all. See, that's what I like about the podcast. There's literally no rules here. You're sitting in the house, you know, it's chilling out like we always do, you know? It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. 10 meters. Now you're you're calling that shallow. To me, 10 meters. What what is meters in feet? Um, How deep would that be in feet? I have a hard time measuring meters. Roughly 30 feet? Yeah. Okay, so people that are like calculate distance in feet. 30 feet, let's say, give or take. Somebody do the math and post it in the comments, okay? Because <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, that's quite deep, and that's considered shallow. Well, it, the way that I always explain it to my students, for example, or people asking me about diving is, when I was a little girl, I, I grew up in the West Island of Montreal, and uh, I did a lot of swimming lessons and stuff like that at the Point Claire Pool. Mm-hmm. And the Point Claire Pool has a 10-meter diving platform for, for uh, like, ac- yeah. you know, practicing the jumping diving. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to think that that was the tallest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like, I remember looking up there and being like, I could never go up there. It's so high. And now, actually, the maximum depth that I've reached is four times deeper than that. So when you're underwater, you don't perceive, like, it just doesn't, the gravity of the distance is mm-hmm. it doesn't exist anymore right I guess like you're, you're just in the underwater. water or out of the water type yeah. thing <laughs> yeah it's really hard there's it feels very different like it doesn't feel very different between okay. say 10 meters and 30 meters is there a big difference in light at that at that point uh, depends on cloud coverage and stuff like that but yeah you start to lose the light and mm-hmm. i mean not necessarily in terms of the brightness yeah okay. the brightness does go down a little bit but uh, actually the water will absorb light to the point where you lose colors right. so red actually looks really brown 
when you're uh, down at 30 meters. Neat. All part of courses that I teach. Anyone <laughs> wants to come to learn to scuba dive. Well, well that's it. Okay, so, so here you are. You go on this wild-ass adventure. You end up in Thailand, <laughs> accidentally bump into dude with his feet up on a chair, yeah. says, hey, crash at my place. We'll figure out details of how we can get you in the water yeah. over here. And that was on your first trip. Yeah. Then you come back to Montreal, and you go back, and you did this, I think, what, four times, he said? Went back and forth. So um, I kind of got caught in life when I came back. And mm-hmm. seven years later, I decided, okay, it's time for another trip. I'm going to go back to Thailand. And I had a friend of mine at the time actually decide she wanted to come with me. So I got to go back to Thailand and see some areas that I hadn't seen before. Right. Uh, but make sure that I got back to Koh Tao and bring some along with me. Um, so when I was there, I was I was just a tourist again. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, yay, I'm visiting Thailand. This is great. Uh, and she was going to do courses. So she did some courses. And I was just going to do what we call fun dives, which are just like going out to look for fish it's not mm-hmm. it's it's just fun um <laughs> and i sort of you know in, in because i had known people that were still there from years before you sort of get sucked into the local environment and mm-hmm. somebody eventually just said to me at one point like you've got all these fun dive book it's great that you're gonna do fun dives but why don't you just like do the next course i was like hmm why don't i just do the next course right? like, that does sound like a good idea so i became a rescue diver Oh. Uh, at that point, so basically, were you rescuing? Uh, well, you basically <laughs> learn how to deal with problems okay. in the water and under the water, whether scuba diving or snorkeling or whatever. But like mm-hmm. uh, panic divers, unconscious divers, things okay. like that, which gives and it gives you a cool awareness of sort of. So that risk would be assessment. me, the panic diver, <laughs> and you'd be pulling my ass out. Not if I took you, man. <laughs> I promise you, you, you wouldn't be the panic diver. Um, no, but if stuff does go wrong, I mean, mm-hmm. it is as much as it's a lazy sport, it is an extreme sport, and there are risks involved. So. Yeah. It's a cool sort of side of things to see how to deal with those problems should they arise. Right. Um, And then when I left that time, actually, it was pretty funny. Uh, One of the guys that I had met the first time Mm -hmm. I was there. uh, So the dive center is owned by an Irish fellow named Trevor. Hi, Trevor. Um, (laughs) Trevor's brother, Barry, became a close friend of mine. And Barry is still a very close friend of mine. Hi, Barry. Um, Barry uh, drove me to the pier on his bike the day that I left Kotao. And Barry is a kind of a... I mean, I'm, you know what? He's a grumpy fuck. I, I love him to death, but he's a grumpy dude. I can relate. Um, yeah. Uh, and he's a man of few words in a lot of ways. And, you know, he's not he's not one that showers people with compliments and hugs and things like that. But he's right. he looks at me and he goes, put your shit down. And I was like, uh, okay. So I put all my bags down. I thought he was going to yell at me. Anyway, he grabbed me in this big hug and he was like, don't do that to us again. Don't you wait eight years before you get back. Yeah. I said, don't worry, Barry. I promise you I'll be back within a year. I'm going to come back. I want to become a dive master. And that was April of 2017. And in January of 2018, I went back to do my dive master training. So I spent, uh, I was supposed to spend three months uh, and I ended up extending my ticket. So I stayed an extra month. I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and actually when I, when I did come back, my mom was like, you know, I really had a feeling. And I even said to, to, to your stepdad, I, I told him like, I don't think she's coming back this time. Mm. Well, I, d- I had to come back. But uh, I did my dive master training, which is like the sort of doorway into professional diving. Okay. So it's the first time you can work as a diver, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you lead certified divers, help people refresh their skills if it's been a while since they haven't dove. It's like, um, we're talking master diver here. It's actually, master diver is a different thing. Oh, okay. So a master diver is actually still recreational. A dive right. master is dive someone master. who works as a diver, mm-hmm. who takes people diving. Um, How intense is this course? Like, you know, it sounds like it's a big deal here. Well, yes, there are definitely serious parts, and there are definitely 
a huge, like you learn so much in this course. Right. Uh, sweet spot, you can do it in four weeks. Sweet spot is about six to eight though. Okay. Um, and there's portions of the course. So there's a book that you need to read and answer mm -hmm. questions and do an exam. Uh, and then there's like fitness sort of oriented tests involved. Right, right. And then there's um, some workshops that you do. So working on your navigation and things like that. I, I didn't think that navigation, I, 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 uh, I don't know why I probably should have, but I didn't, uh, now that you say it makes perfect sense, mm -hmm. but I didn't think of navigation being an issue. Navigating that, underwater is one of the hardest things to do, honestly, as a dive professional, it was the biggest one that, and I'm still working on it. Are I'm you not talking like, I still get lost. You know, to find your way out of the water going up, or are you talking like east-west? No, we're talking like you descend on a dive site and you need to swim around the dive site and find the spot that you started at. So okay. how do you find the spot that you started at, basically? Right. Which is a lot more complicated than it sounds when you're underwater because you get turned around a lot more easily and yeah. you have to f rely a lot on things that you see. So I saw a coral that looked like a dick. I'm going to remember <laughs> that dick coral. And then yeah. when you find the dick coral, you're like, great, that was not far from where I started. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, 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 you know. We're, put we're, it in, put it in hey, I just terms. met you at a big can of soup and three pigeons. <laughs> this is true. I was confused, but then I saw it and was like, ah. It just uh, if that sounds really weird to anybody, at <laughs> Longueuil Metro in Montreal on the South Shore, um, there's this giant like sculpture of pigeons and soup. Hello, Chai. Whenever a joint gets lit up, Chai arrives. Ah. And I have proof now. Smart kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... You take this course. Yeah. We're talking yes, between right. four and eight weeks, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, uh, you, you know, hopefully you pass the course. Oh, yes. And it sounds like it's a pretty intense With course. With flying colors. With flying colors. <laughs> yeah. the, what's the next thing? You go on to teaching? Well, see, this is the thing, is that teaching is a whole other certification. Okay. So when I finished my course, I actually stuck around Kotao for a little while longer, and I did do a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. Um don't let the Thai government hear me say that. Um, but I did do a little bit of work and got a little bit of experience and just kind of like did a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously I mean racked up a whole bunch of debt and had to right. come home and work. So mm -hmm. I came home and I worked a last contract in my old job. And uh, my intention, my every intention was to, um, you know, put the money aside and event and plan out my year so that I could move to Kotao, mm -hmm. but maybe do it in December or January. Um, and I was working this contract and it was crazy. I mean, uh, 80 hour weeks and stuff like that. So it, um, I was just absolutely exhausted and working like a crazy person. One morning <laughs> I, I wake up, I woke up to a message. Man, nine to five sucks. Oh, man, <laughs> five, five to nine, five a.m. to nine p.m. That was oh, my kind of job back yeah. then. Um, and I, like I said, I, the light at the end of the tunnel was there, but mm -hmm. I was planning the time frame to be a little bit different than it worked out. Uh, but basically, I woke up one morning with a message from the owner of the dive center saying, like, get on the plane. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure anyone who's listening, that's, you know, you're probably sick of hearing this story. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Um, how long of a flight is it to Thailand? <laughs> like from Montreal? So when I go, it usually entails a 14 and a half hour flight and then a six hour flight. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not cheap. No. It means it's not easy no. back and forth, that's no. for sure. No, it's not. Yeah. But you got back there. I did, I did. Yeah. And uh, I was lucky enough to uh, have the owner of the dive center, who's a friend of mine, sort of have believe in me and mm -hmm. know that even though I wasn't yet qualified to do the job that he offered me, uh, he knew that I was going to be able to make him proud. Yeah. So I finished my contract on the 18th of October. I drove to Toronto on the 28th of October. I spent a few days with my mom. I flew on the 31st of October. I arrived in Kotao on the 2nd of November, 
And then on the 4th of November, I started my instructor course. Yeah. I'm so not a timeline person. I'm like, okay, yesterday, what did I do? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> just me on a regular basis. <laughs> but this is a pretty significant well, moment right? in my life. And yeah. it just like, it all happened very quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. I was planning to come in January and it ended up being end of October. I mean, yeah. I sold all my shit and changed all my cards and my addresses. <laughs> like, on it's, my lunch breaks. It and, really sounds to me like you found your calling. Oh. You, you know, and I think everybody does have a calling. I really do. I think a lot of people haven't had the chance to explore and find their calling. But in your case, it, it was so obvious. Even to us when you w- would come back, it was obvious that you weren't necessarily here. Mm. Like, the, like I was, had the feeling that you were visiting. Yeah. You, you know yeah, what I mean? So it did become you, that you, way. Along the way, you've made a switch. Mm-hmm. So you take this course. Now, I don't know, like, and I've never, like like I said, I snorkeled on one trip in Jamaica. That's the yeah. most I've ever done. No, it's a great start. Obviously, you have tools, you have knowledge and experiences. Probably a whole bunch of other things that I didn't mm-hmm. list right there. What, first of all, what are the tools? Like, what do, you, what do you need to go deep sea diving 30 meters in the water? You know, I know you need oxygen, so you, you have one of those tanks on your back. Yeah. And I know now that uh, you had uh, Billy the Kid there in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very suggestive right, right. there. I'm sorry. Hey, man, what kind hey, of show is this? Then again, you, you are the person that just, you know, looks for the big dick to find your way out, right? Touche, touche, touche. Well, I mean, uh, you need to be able to see. So mm-hmm. you wear um, what we call a mask, yeah. which is uh, very similar to, I don't know, underwater version of ski goggles. Is it one of those modern masks that kind of magnify and curve? Because that was one thing that freaked me out with this modern snorkel thing. Oh, well, those are a whole other story. Okay. Those, those full face masks. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you can get all kinds of different kind of masks. I, okay. I mean, a lot of people would prefer one that's closer to their face, a little bit more low profile. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you basically need to see, yeah. and as long as it fits your face comfortably and <laughs> keeps the water out, you're, you're, and you can see. Well, that's the point of that one. Um, and then you would need uh, a pair of fins on your feet, mm-hmm. so a way to propel yourself because you're carrying gear. Um, right, right. Yeah, I guess. In, like I've never even used fins, mm-hmm. but I do understand the concept that there's weight, and you're when you're deep in the water, you know, gravity's different and all that kind of jazz. So it probably you, you need that extra push, right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that are very confusing, like sort of counterintuitive about diving, and that like you wear all this shit because you want to float. Mm-hmm. Because at the surface, the floatier you are, the easier it is. We're lazy as divers. Right. Right. Um, and it's safer, also, <laughs> by the way. Safety um, first. <laughs> safety first. Um, but you're wearing all this shit that floats. Mm-hmm. But when you want to go down, you don't want to float anymore. You want to you weight yourself down. Right, so you have to wear right. this, like, you're wearing weights on. So you have a belt or a pocket somewhere that has weights in them. Okay. And depending on your body type and your comfort level in the water. So let me guess, if everything goes weights. south really fast, you drop the weights and yes, you get up. Actually, See? yes. Yay, did I yes, pass that? You, you do do that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's in a very, you, you can do that. It's a very sort of last resort scenario. Right, right, if you're right. underwater, if you're dropping your weights, you're going to be in trouble. I've been kind of known to jump like from everything going good to last resort in one <laughs> heartbeat. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, that's why we love you. <laughs> <laughs> you done your water? I've got a bottle. I've got Do a bottle. Do you want a bottle of beer? Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, let me hit the beer fridge. For sure. Django, keep you company for one oh, second. Oh, Django, he's, he's the so handsome. He's got a very cute little bandana. I guess he's been groomed lately, and it's it's looks like it's Halloween themed. It's orange. He's got little bats poodle. on it and a little little ghosts. Very cute. Hi, buddy. Yes, I know you have a beautiful bone. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Yay. Whoops. I'm not cool. There we go. Cool again. Mademoiselle. Thank you very much. Great fun. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Welcome Thanks. back to Montreal. Thank you so much. It's so <laughs> nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we have we, we have to see. We have to be able to propel ourselves. So we have the fins. We've got mm -hmm. the goggles. Mm -hmm. We have weights because we want to go down. We have a tank. Yeah. A tank is, is that like one tank or is it multiple tanks all mixed that together? That depends on the kind of diving you're doing. But okay. when you're talking like, if you came to Kotao tomorrow and said, Katie, I want to try diving, mm -hmm. I would give you one tank. And you need a, you wear like a, it's a kind of a jacket right. that has basically a balloon inside of it. It's called a BCD or a buoyancy compensation device. Uh, you strap the tank to this BCD and then you obviously need to be able to get the compressed air out of the tank in the right pressure for you to be able to breathe it. Right. So there's a thing that we call a regulator. That's the regulator. Yes. All right, cool. So nice. it screws onto the tank and okay. then it has hoses. So you've got Multiple hoses? Multiple hoses. One of them will have an air gauge that tells you how much air is inside of the tank. Okay. One of them will attach to the jacket and allow you to put air into the jacket from the tank. Why the air into the jacket? Because you want to float at the surface. Okay. Uh, so you fill it up when you're at the surface. Uh. And then when you're actually diving, um, so, I mean, if you had no air in it and you had your weights on, when well, you're going down, you're going to sink to the bottom. Right. Negatively buoyant. Um, but when you're diving, you want to be what we call neutrally buoyant, which is the flying thing. Okay, that, that, I, I can understand that. Yeah. So, so it's basically the balance between the air and the weight you're carrying. Exactly. Right? All right. Yeah. Now, and then the last two hoses are the yeah. ones that you breathe from. So you have a primary regulator, which is the one you use all the time, and then you have a backup one. So if something goes wrong with that one, you have a second one. Where does the air you blow out go? Bubbles. Bubble. Ah, yeah. bubbles. Bubbles. That's very nice. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So now I can get a general picture in my mm -hmm. head. Like, I mean, I've seen pictures and stuff, but yeah. I really, like, you know, to hear you describe it, it, it makes a lot more sense yeah. al already. Um, you said there's some uh, difference between one and two tanks, is it, or is it just more air? Well... See, that's a whole other thing is normally when you're doing recreational diving, which is, again, if you came tomorrow and decided you wanted to try it, you'd be doing a recreational form of diving, um, is recreational limits are 40 meters. Okay. And that's with training and whatnot. Um, but you can use air when you're using 40 meters. So the same 21% oxygen, 79% nitrogen that we breathe in the air right now would be compressed. I like the 21%. <laughs> it's actually, it's... 21 point no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, you have this the same air that you would breathe on the surface but they compress it and put it into a tank okay so you can play with that percentage mm -hmm. and then when you want to go deeper you can actually add other gases into the mix what other gases uh, they mostly use helium so you'd be using what we call a trimix. This so helium three. is obviously not to talk funny. No, <laughs> no, it's to sort of balance out. Uh, I mean, this is very complicated diving. Like I don't even, I don't even teach this form of diving oh, no, really. Okay. This is just like based on sort of knowledge mm -hmm. that I've acquired in books that I've read, and you know, when you right, understand right. decompression theory. Um, but basically, in order to to make gas levels safe for you to be able to go deeper. You need to mix in different blends. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, See, that whole concept of, like, you know, depth having an effect on you. I mean, like, I, I, I'm obsessed with uh, submarine movies. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen almost every submarine uh, movie. And, you know, we all understand that when it, they go too deep and, you know, pipes are starting to crack and it's getting squished and there's pressure and yeah. it squeezes down you. 
we understand that concept but like i don't know much about like when do changes begin to occur like you're, you're saying recreational uh, diving 40 meters i take it after 40 meters shit starts to change yeah big time <laughs> big time um yeah it, it, I mean, this is like very, very it's it's lengthy theory. Yeah, I, we're gonna turn into a science but, but podcast. It, it, okay, well, but see, I love science. Yeah, I, I love getting like, joke you not. At night, I hit the bong. Documentary time, bedtime. Yes, that, that's my very before good. bedtime. Right. Uh, I, yeah. All well, but also keep in mind with these sorts of subjects as well. Like, I am a recreational diver. Mm -hmm. I am interested in technical diving, mm -hmm. but I'm not a technical diver yet. I yeah. have not done these courses. I've just acquired knowledge from curiosity and speaking yeah, yeah. to friends. That basically, what I'm up. really getting at though is like, how deep can you go before you get squished? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't really get squished. Um, but I think what was it? I looked this up recently. Uh, the world record for the deepest dive is something to the tunes of is it 318 or 380 um whoa okay either meters or. meters yeah that's insane yeah wow yeah you can you can go you can go down there but <laughs> yeah, yeah. obviously shit gets real complicated mm -hmm. <laughs> real complicated okay so within the 40 meter zone what do we have going on in there i mean like as far as marine life like um where you're diving First of all, is it like, do you see the bottom? Like, is it sandy or? It depends on where you are, but yeah. Uh, okay. The Gulf of Thailand is actually a very shallow body of water. Oh, really? So we don't go, it doesn't get much deep. It doesn't get very deep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so our deepest dive sites that we go to on a regular basis, um, the bottoms would be somewhere around, uh, somewhere in the 20 to 30 range, right, let's right, say. Right, right. And sometimes you'd have to go off. And within that range, that's deep enough for uh, a bull. Uh... A whale shark. A whale. Why do I, I keep going back to bull? It's because <laughs> well, I grew I up on a farm. I would love to right? see a bull shark. Trust me, right? but uh, that's a whole different. That's an actual um, predatory. Stay away from the sharks. Electric shark. Stay away from the sharks. <laughs> we want you to come back. <laughs> I know there's hardly any attacks and all the. Uh, you have more chances of getting hit in the head by a coconut and it killing you. Yeah, but I'm not always underneath the coconut shark. tree either, am I? <laughs> uh, sharks are misunderstood. I I still am gonna stay far away from them. That's fair. That is totally fair. <laughs> mm. But yeah, like it, it, within this uh, zone, I guess you'd call it, or depth. But I mean, you're you're seeing like crazy stuff already. Well, I mean, I get to see beautiful fish all yeah. of the time, and I'm not gonna lie, to you, Kotao is it's it's a comfortable, beautiful place to dive. We have mm -hmm. nice coral, we have nice fish, but so you have live coral reef there. Oh yeah, of course. Oh wow. Um. But the thing is, is that like, you know, you, t you talk to people that have been diving in Indonesia, for example, and they're right. like, I saw mola mola and manta rays and sharks. And mm -hmm. there's no sharks around Kotao at the dive sites. Good. At least, I mean, <laughs> not, n I'm not, I'm, I can't really say none, none, but yeah. I mean, I've heard of small sharks at night at certain dive sites yeah. and you can snorkel with baby sharks. Do, 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 do. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't Sorry. snorkel Every sharks. time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just find that shit. It's crazy. Yeah. You know? But the, the average stuff that we're getting, like, we're getting loads of coral-dwelling fish. So, like, you get, like, little fish that just hug the rocks and the coral. Yeah. And they're, like, like, it's like snow, but they're, like, little tiny fish everywhere. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then we get various other kinds of fish. Mm. We get uh, blue-spotted ribbon tail rays, which are a beautiful brownish-looking ray with electric blue spots on it. Um, Wait, ray? Like, like, like a stingray? Yeah. Yeah. 
Isn't that what killed Steve Irwin? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> right? Yeah, Am I the, crazy? Yeah. I, I think so. I think that's what got Well, him. I mean, it wouldn't be that particular kind of ray. I right, mean, right. But... Are they dangerous, the other kinds? <laughs> well, I mean, so they have barbs in their tail a lot of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, if you're like I, I, I think off. a goldfish could probably take me on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> jump down your throat and choke you. <laughs> right? Exactly. Then they'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, a ray... Do you want to get close to them? I mean, general rules is we don't touch anything. You're right. We don't we don't touch fish. We don't touch coral. We don't touch anything because mm-hmm. it's it's we're in their zone. Yeah. Um, you're you're a great visitor. You're a great guest. Oh. Yeah, come in. Don't mess anything up. Leave <laughs> yeah. it the way it is. Exactly. And get out, right. Leave only bubbles. <laughs> just to be cheesy. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, you can get close to these animals within reason, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but a lot of different kinds of fish are just like they just want to be left alone you know yeah. like they don't want to be approached and they're afraid of you to be quite frank so they'll swim away if you start swimming up to a stringray and trying to poke it it's gonna swim away except for the it's one i got stick around. around he's like fuck well, you dude you're not I mean, sticking your thumb in my ass well yeah well he was, he was uh, Steve, i don't know he's probably cuddling the thing i know because wasn't that a south park thing where he was running around trying to stick his thumb up at... oh it wouldn't put, i wouldn't put it past them at all i, I didn't so. I, I can't remember really correctly but something like that you know like uh, i i do think it's really cool it was one of my questions you know about you know when at, right at the start of the podcast i was talking about how i i noticed right away i'm in their territory mm-hmm. and it's beautiful territory it is and uh, i think it's really cool like to hear like right off you know one of our rules is you know mm. we've got to be respectful for their territory yep. people are gonna or well first of all for them to flourish and yeah. do well but um uh, th- that's absolutely incredible i saw the picture of the ray by the way as well yeah they're beautiful yeah it, it's very cra- it's yeah. crazy i'm like i wouldn't want to get near one of those <laughs> well, at they're, all they're they're pretty small they're not mm-hmm. they're not that big they're like most of them are about the size of a dinner plate yeah so it's not like we're not talking meters and meters this right. is like eh, little guys okay cool yeah um mm-hmm. so now you you got into teaching I did. Finally, this is where we're arriving. Now you're, you're teaching. Now you now you get to deal with the panic people. Yeah. <laughs> usually try and sort that out before it gets to the so point of panic. So when it's but. basically usually uh, tourists, I imagine, that show up there and then you take them out? Well, it's um it's a spot that people, a lot of people go mm-hmm. to learn how to scuba dive. Okay. Uh, not only is it relatively inexpensive and go to how to learn, um, but the conditions are very favorable to new divers. Right. Uh, calm waters, not a lot of current. It's usually, I mean, depending on the time of year, obviously, if you come in the middle of monsoon, it's not going to be good visibility. But we usually get really nice visibility. Like, you can get 20 meters, 20, 30 meters in oh, the wow. best of the times. Um, yeah, it's it's just like a really beautiful place to go diving and to learn. How, how so, do you like the teaching aspect of it, though? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was telling a friend today, actually, that I didn't realize how much I was going to like it, but I've never felt more, like in my element. I've never felt like something that I've done has been so fitting, you know, and especially like I get paid to go scuba diving, guys. <laughs> Fantastic. What? I do? Yeah, that's like, I really lucked out. freaking cool, girl. Yeah, it's really cool. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know many people that just say, you know, screw all this noise. It's cold in Canada. Fuck you and your freezing rain. I am Audi. I'm going to go swim with these giant fishes. And, yeah. you know, to be able to continue doing that, pass on my knowledge to someone else and get them doing it as well, yeah. you know? Um, you were saying when you took the course, and I'm very curious, you know all those, you know, you had to learn how to deal with a situation that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. First of all, what could go wrong? 
So I like to know how this could go south, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's a whole host of different things. I mean, obviously, someone could have a heart attack in the water okay. or a stroke or... So medical conditions. Medical conditions. Um, someone could get really tired and just, like, need a hand, you know? Right. Um, right. Someone could panic I, properly. I didn't even think of the whole, you got to be in shape to do this as well, if, especially if you're well, swimming around for a long you time. You don't need to be Michael Phelps. Trust me. <laughs> it's not, it's not, uh, it's all right. Like, Was he the guy that got busted smoking all kinds of weed? Did he? I, I have no, no idea. Keep I, mind... I shouldn't start any rumors if that's not true. <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking the bike, bike guy. The biking guy. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Cheers to him, though. Yeah. <laughs> the biking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So you you had to learn, like, you know, how to deal with these situations. Yeah. When you're teaching, has it happened that somebody panicked or equipment went bad or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? I mean, this stuff does happen. And when you do a lot of diving, you have mm-hmm. more chances of it happening. Yeah. Like, the track record for diving is pretty good. Not a lot of bad things happen on the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. considering how many dives are being done every single day all right. over the world. Um, but yeah, the more you dive, the more chances you have of something that, going like, the, slightly the, the awry. The whole thing about being a trucker as well. You know, if you spend that many t- you know hours on a highway, you're yeah. going to see more shit, right? Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I've I've been lucky. I've I've had very very minor panics, and everyone was always safe, and everything was always fine, and no one got injured. Um, but you know, I've had a couple of students maybe not really want to finish the course and yeah. you know you give them some time and some people get freaked out come. along the way and just... some people get freaked out some yeah. people drop out it happens mm-hmm. um and you know and sometimes people get dehydrated really? and dehydration is a really bad thing for diving okay uh you want to be very very well hydrated and i mean i never thought that would be one of the issues but it makes perfect sense yeah we're talking salt water on the outside sucking the hydration out of you i imagine well it has a lot and to do with i mean compressed air is very dry oh um, and also, the the more you want your circulation, your body to be working in full force, mm-hmm. and having a lot of water yeah. is is a really important thing. You actually you can burn up to six hundred calories a dive, so even really? though it's lazy, it can be quite physically exerting. And I'm talking mm-hmm. like strong currents and cold water and stuff right, like that. Right. But um, it is uh, it is a physical activity, and mm-hmm. uh, you are working. And keep in mind, you do it in tropical places like in Kotao. The humidity is so. Th- so high that you can basically see the air um and it can it can get it can get 40 degrees in the sun wow you know it's yeah, yeah. it gets real hot in the hot time of the year <laughs> so people are on holiday and you know they had a couple of beers with dinner and they didn't get drunk but they had a beer or two and then they ate a bunch of food it has like you know fish sauce in it and um <laughs> And then they're walking around all day and they're sweating their brains out and mm-hmm. yeah, they get dehydrated. And yeah. yeah, dehydration is not a super yeah, good It's It's funny. I, I always like, I don't know if other this happens to other people, but like all sports, you're sweating, you need to drink a lot. But mm-hmm. it went, maybe because it's a water sport, I never think of water sports being sports that you need to drink of. And obviously you do. It yeah. just never, you know, dawns on me. Oh no, it's I, it's completely <laughs> counterintuitive, but it's right. like water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. Keep water, in mind. Water, water everywhere and still that boat did sink. Ah, touche. That was the next line of that poem. I'd like to visit that, that was, boat. That that poem was written by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and it was called The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Well, look at you. Aha. Whoa, I don't know where that happened. <laughs> oh, I do actually. Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Maiden did an epic 13-minute song based on that poem, and as, when I was 15 years old, I would listen to it all the time. That's amazing. Thank you, Bruce Dickinson, Fuck for that yes. piece of knowledge. <laughs> You know what? I, I'm convinced that a lot of the knowledge I have is from music and song lyrics. 
I, yeah, you you do tend to acquire yeah, yeah. a lot of random pop culture references. And well, that's it. I mean, I was the type of kid whatever. that, like, even in class would be listening to music. I was always yeah. listening to it, you know, or writing out the lyrics to make sure I understood them as a mm-hmm. kid. You know, I always got into to lyrics and writing in general. But, uh, yeah. Now, if somebody said, you know, I would like to go diving. Where, you know... Where should I go? Would you recommend them to uh, go out your way? Yeah, I mean, always. I <coughs> excuse me. Um, I was enchanted by Gotao. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful experience. Um, <coughs> Is it a big place? No. No. It's like twenty-one square kilometers. Oh, really? It's tiny. It's a little. Would you call place. it a city? No. Or, no. No. See, I really have no Absolutely idea. Not. No, it's definitely not a city. It's like. I mean, it's like a tropical Van Cleek Hill. <laughs> no, it always comes back I mean. to Van Cleek yeah, Hill. Yeah, I know, I know. We talked about on an, uh, who was I talking with? Uh, well, with Val, actually, Valerie, on the last yeah, episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really, 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 really small. Like, mm-hmm. some people will say to me, oh, we're going to rent a motorbike and drive around the island. I was like, cool, like, what's your time frame? And they're like, we're going to go the whole day. And I'm like, you're literally going to be able to drive back and forth on the one road about... <laughs> 35 times if you're spending the whole day. Right. Like you could literally stop at every single store on the island and you still don't need a whole day to do that. Wow. Yeah. It sounds absolutely beautiful. What language is everybody speaking? Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> Sit down, son. <laughs> well, it's, it is in Thailand, so yes, mm-hmm. there is Thai. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of Burmese workers. Uh, so Burmese dialects are very numerous and all very different. Uh, so... Some of the boys are from different areas of Burma. Right. And like two of them will be from a sort of similar area, but the other one's so far away that they have a hard time sometimes communicating with each really? other, even though they're from the oh, same wow. country. Uh, they, I mean, they obviously they figure it out. But. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there is a very large tourist or just foreigner community. So, right. I mean, uh, English, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, there's French, there's Spanish, there's German, there's Dutch, there's wow. Chinese, there's... Korean, there's Japanese, there's so like, literally, yeah, yeah, it's it's very, very, very multicultural. Really, like my dive center, we've got uh, there's an Irish guy, there's a Dutch guy, there's two Swiss, uh, there's an Aussie girl, two from the UK, one from the States, two from Canada, and who am I missing? Oh, sorry, three from the UK. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, that's wild though. I I'd send, I never heard of this place before. Mm. I I never did. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. But except through you. Yeah. You, you know. Well, what about food wise? What are we eating over there? Well, again, see how I'm already like you know you kind of you're peeking a little thing here oh, going on here. I I I'm very excited about food all oh, of the yeah. time, and uh, one of the big motivators towards going to Thailand initially was that I love the food, mm-hmm. and it's I love Thai food. <laughs> um, I eat a lot of Thai food. Uh, there are some really cool little spots, and I mean my favorite restaurant. Looks like a cafeteria, yeah. plastic tables and chairs, and the menu has That's pictures. That's not at all and... what I thought you would say. <laughs> no, this place is like so, it's, I mean, I love it, but it doesn't look like much, mm-hmm. you know? But the food is so good and so inexpensive. <laughs> uh, but there is a lot of, like I said, foreigners that live there. So yeah. you can get a good pizza, you can get okay, sushi, cool. you can get okay, Mexican like, food. Let's say we're... Your buddy says, "Hey, my grandma wants us to, you know, to go eat at her mm-hmm. place, and she's on the uh, in inland, 
you know, in the middle of the island, away from the tourists and the beaches and stuff like this. What's she making for supper? Oh, boy. Um, it depends on where you are in Thailand, I guess. In oh, <laughs> Work with me. <laughs> southern. Uh, it'd probably be a curry. Oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. like a Musselman curry. or a, Meat? No meat? A seafood? Probably meat. Yeah. Uh, chicken, most likely, or pork. Mm. Um, yeah. I like it all. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love food. Rice. No. All right, so food is awesome. The diving is amazing. You're going to teach them. Where are you staying? <laughs> I have a tiny little wooden bungalow. It's so wonderful. Aww. It's, uh, I mean, it doesn't have AC. It didn't have hot water. I got a hot water heater, but I've only turned it on maybe a dozen times. Um, it's a bedroom with a fan over the bed and a little bathroom and a kitchen. And I'm putting this in, in quotations. <laughs> yeah. um, it's basically a sink contraption and a fridge and a shelf mm -hmm. uh i have cooking things that i've been meaning to put together but <laughs> been a little busy so i still haven't sort of figured out the cooktop part uh, and then a little balcony but it's 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 just a little square and i love it mm. i love it so much mm. i um live just across the main road from the res i don't want to say resort but the the dive center and yeah. ho hotel um, how, how is it for like you know things like bugs or snakes that want to eat you and rats and all that kind of thing like uh, you know because like when you know when i go places sometimes i end up you know in places that sound exactly like you're describing yeah. right now and like you know i woke up one night with a you know, rat in the ground you know <laughs> we killed it accidentally in our sleep oh boy yeah it was just hanging off the end of oh the bed God. it was awful <laughs> I, I, I probably had some murder dream or something you know but it was just at the end, like by my feet at the oh end my of god bed. yeah but, no, yeah, yeah. That, like you know because i was say you know i was asked recently uh, do, you know are you interested in going to tour in australia mm -hmm. like hell no Everything wants to kill you over there. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, there's definitely all of the above that you just mentioned. Right. Like there are bugs, there are snakes, there are rats, there are lizards, there are loads of cats and dogs. Um, well, that's good because they'll take care of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it depends on the cat or the dog. <laughs> some of them, the yes. <laughs> some of them very lazy. <laughs> right. I mean, if you were a dog and you lived on an island, you played on the beach all day and people fed you. Yeah, I guess. Think not. you'd be chasing rats? No. No. You fuck all that yeah, shit. No. <laughs> Leave that for the cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cats do the same thing. Actually. Right. Yeah. So, so there because like obviously you're you're in nature. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're you're talking about a small town and stuff like that. Because I, I wonder, like growing up uh, on a farm here in Canada, I wonder what it's like, like growing up on a farm over there you know like well you know is it the same is it radically different uh, you know well, like i wonder is it do they have cows and stuff like that you know because they're you know, getting their meat from somewhere they might be yeah important. well a lot of the a lot of the food is brought onto the island from the okay. mainland um i'll be honest i don't know that there are any i mean they're there probably is a cow at least, right, but I've never seen one. Um, <laughs> Find me a cow, Katie. I need a cow. <laughs> well, like I said, 21 square kilometers. It's right. really little, and a lot of the island is like mountain. Yeah, so you're it's... definitely not going to have too many of them. That's no, sure. well, there's loads of chickens. Let <laughs> mm -hmm. me tell you, there are shit tons Side of Side of the road. Oh, everywhere. Uh, the people next door to the, the sort of area that Sairi Cottage has, where my bungalow mm -hmm. is, this, this man just loves chickens. Yeah. He's got shit tons of them. And I've been told, and I've never seen it, but I've been told that he has a chicken gym. So there's like a little chicken what? treadmill and like little chicken. on roids. Chicken. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, they do the fighting cock thing do in, they? in Thailand oh, big time. Shit. So yeah, some of them are probably... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a no-go here in chickens. North America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, over there, they, they gather and watch it on TV. Uh, really? It's like oh, an event? it's a huge thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
Shit. You know, because UFC is really humane. Yeah. <laughs> those are people. Right, so right. They're right. volition. They've chosen that's to go yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. each other up. Well, yeah. that, that's what it comes down to at the end yeah. of the day, you know? But, man, just hearing you talk about, like, your love for, for this place, like, I would love to one day head down there. Dude, you like, would absolutely yeah, adore yeah. it. You should totally come. Uh, it would be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you're planning on leaving town soon, I take it. Yeah, I am uh, going back. Well, I'm, my mom lives in just outside of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go on Monday, uh, which is the 28th, uh, back, 28th? Yeah. Uh, back to Toronto, spend some time yeah. with my mom and my grandmother and my dad. And, and back to the diving? And, and then on the 6th of November, I go back to the diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Katie... Thanks for sharing a bit with me because, like, I really obviously did not know anything about diving. <laughs> and I just want to say, cheers, girl. Let's cheers get out of your to back. you. Thank you and, so much uh, for having me. It was a lot of fun, really, man. Really, what an, what an experience. It's just <laughs> absolutely so cool. And uh, I learned something today. So, K-Man's learning shit. Yeah. We're done. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Oh, K-Man, no, no shit. <laughs>